0: We just want to do a quick disclaimer that this story does contain a little bit of drug use. It is not the primary focus of the story, but it is mentioned, so keep that in mind as you listen, and thank you for being here. Welcome to Get Connected AF. Alcohol free.
1: As fuck. I'm Lori. And I'm Angie. And today we are excited to share with you Angie's story. So episode 1, I took the time to share my story and now it's Angie's turn. So Angie, I'll turn it over to you.
0: Joy. Okay. So my story I don't even know where to begin because I feel like my story starts from when I was a wee baby, but I've always kind of felt like I was an alcoholic from birth. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I feel like I totally was born with a addict already inside of me. Wow. And I say that because I immediately was addicted to things it just wasn't booze yet I was addicted to boys I was addicted to I just already had a lot of mental health issues basically Mm -hmm. and then as soon as I started drinking it was like off to the races I the first time I ever drank to the point of vomiting I think I was in the seventh grade oh my goodness and I um my whole high school career I was more concerned about where the party was, uh, what boys were paying attention to me, and how I looked than most other things. I, I really didn't care too much about my academics because I really thought I was going to grow up to be a famous actress. So um, that didn't work out, by the way.
1: Um, so
0: I just – my priorities were all wrong and I just don't think that I was ever really nurtured into focusing on the correct things, I guess I could say. But I um, I was always drinking, always drinking all through high school. And I went to a small Catholic high school. I went to a Catholic school from K through 11th grade. And there was a lot of booze involved in catholic schools a lot and most would say if you've met people that went to catholic school most of them could drink you under the table Mm -hmm. and it's just how it is i don't know how to explain it we're from the midwest i'm from indiana and um even when i lived in florida for 10 years it's like who are these people Mm -hmm. we just didn't even know that that wasn't normal I went to public school my last couple of months of senior year, and they, I mean, I feel like they didn't even really party like we party. but I don't know. I don't know what that is, but a lot of booze, a lot of booze, a lot of drugs, and I never got too much into drugs. I mean, I dabbled definitely in my 20s because I was just always on the search to get In my early 20s, I should say. I was always just on the search to get really messed up. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: It's honestly amazing that I didn't die. Because there were times where I put myself (coughs) in really precarious situations. Um, There would be times where, you know, I would be like, oh, I have to work at noon tomorrow or whatever. And I would... <clears throat> I mean, this is really putting it out there, but I was in my early 20s and, you know, I'm 36 now. So if I can't talk about my mistakes from the past, then why hold it in, right? Right. Yes. Um, it's like, I remember my neighbor at this apartment complex I lived at, he was like, well, you know, you could snort this line of Coke and then what would help you counterbalance it is take this half of a Xanax bar. And I was also drinking. So it's like I would snort a line of Coke and then take a half of the Xanax and I was drinking, so it's like I was – and that wasn't, like, normal for me. I wasn't a big drug drug person. I was, like, an alcohol person. But it's mm-hmm. like that concoction, whatever I was doing, I could have very easily died.
1: Oh, for sure, yeah.
0: Like, those things that I was doing, it was, like, eh, made zero sense to me. But I was just always in for the thrill of being messed up, I guess, um, which, ironically, the guy that was – Promoting that concoction to me that evening. I think he just hit 14 years sober. So, oh, wow. Yeah. Kudos to you, Zachy, if you uh, ever listen to this. So, he actually was a huge point, a pivotal point to me in my sobriety. So, maybe one day I'll talk about Zach. So, he actually helped me get sober, ironically. Um, anywho, so my story then was booze, booze, booze. I would say that I never really had a healthy male relationship my entire life until my current husband. Um, Again, like I mentioned, I was always looking for attention in the wrong ways. And if I did start a relationship with a male, he quickly realized that I was always drunk and it was not fun to be around. <laughs> so, any sort of positive male influence was like, uh, <laughs> this is not going to work out for me. So, um, yeah, I was the crazy drunk chick. No one wants to date that. No one wants to date the crazy drunk chick. And... Um, the creepy stuff I would do, not the creepy stuff. Like I wouldn't sneak in anyone's house or anything, but it's like, (laughs) you know, the next day looking at my cell phone, the amount of texts I would send or, Mm. you know, just the, it's just, I would latch, I would latch on like the stage five clinger, nine clinger, whatever that clinger is. And I would just like not go until I found my next one. Mm. And a lot of that is booze related. I don't think I would have, you know, I don't know. I just wanted to be loved so bad. And I think that's part of it is that I just wanted love really, really, really bad. And I honestly felt unlovable. And I think a lot of that had to do with alcohol, but it also had to do with my upbringing. That breaks my
1: heart for little
0: Angie. I know it breaks my heart for little Angie too, but I didn't realize that until I got sober. These are all things that you don't realize until you step back. And I just didn't – I mean, I look back now, and I remember saying, like, no one's ever going to marry me. No one's ever going to love me. I'm just going to end up alone because I just couldn't – I couldn't see any value in myself. Mm -hmm. And so this, like, I don't know, my really, really, really unhealthy behavior lasted until I was about 23. And it got to the point where I was just – I mean, the apartment I was living in was disgusting. We would finish – I this was when I lived in Florida, and we would just finish working at the restaurant I was working at. We would go into the Hard Rock Casino and stay out until, like, 6, 7 o'clock in the morning and then sleep until we had to go to work the next day, drinking, and then, you know, start all over again. It was like I was not living life at all. And then I met my husband, who ironically um, – Went to my high school, but he lived in Florida. Oh, wow. So we connected through Facebook, and I had moved back in with my mom because life was just not working for me. And it's like, well, let's just try to do a hard reset here. Let's remove myself from the situation because this was my whole thing in my head. Changing situations will always just fix me, right? Right. But yes. It's not me. It's not anything that I'm doing and situational.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So I moved back in with my mom at the right age of like 23. And I'm like, oh, this is just winning, you know, which now I think is pretty normal. But at the time I really had major issues with this and I moved back in with her, started dating my husband and he was a just a wonderful influence on me. And, but we didn't live together for a long time. And so we would spend time together and I would go home and drink. So he didn't really know, you know, the depths of my drinking.
1: And was your mom a drinker? Like what was her No, background? no, okay. no,
0: no, no. My mom does not drink. Okay. And my mom's, my mom's parents didn't really drink that much either because my My great-grandfather was an alcoholic, and he died pretty young. Okay. My dad is adopted, but the family he's adopted into, so my grandparents, everyone that I know is my family, his side, there was always a lot of alcohol. They're German. There was always a lot of alcohol, like, you know, at the get-togethers. So I remember alcohol being around a lot, but my mom did not drink at all. So... Um, I would come home and just like binge and, you know, we were in our twenties, so we would go out to bars and things like that. And it was a good time. So nothing seemed off to him about my drinking because we drank together and, you know, then I would go home and, and drink. So then we moved in together and then I would get antsy about drinking and he'd be like, what is your deal? Why can't we just like hang out? And so At first, that was weird because I had never really lived with a boy before, but we moved past that. I got used to it. He got used to me. It was fine. So then we got married and then literally one month after we got married, he got laid off from his job and he two months later got another job that sent him on the road traveling He was basically gone for an entire week at a time every time he was gone.
1: Hmm.
0: Well, rather Monday through Friday. So, and I had a super high stressful job. So I would just drink every single day that he was gone. And that really, and I'm not blaming him at all. It's not his responsibility, but this job. It was very toxic and it had a very booze. uh, It was very, I don't know how to say it, but they were very into booze. Like every outing was booze, booze. You know, they thought alcoholism was funny basically. Mm -hmm. And so he was gone. I had this high pressure job. And so I would go home and just drink every night, every night, two bottles of wine. So he didn't know that was going on. He had no idea. So it was really easy to hide. And then we moved up to Indiana. I quit that job. I did that for three years. So imagine three years of me just doing this to myself every day. And then I moved up to Indiana. And then, of course, situations. I'm like, okay, I'm going to get out of this job. I'm not going to drink anymore, right? And then I created all the rules for myself too. you know, So many times telling Brian, I'm going to slow down, I'm going to slow down, I'm only going to, you know, drink on Wednesdays and Saturdays or Tuesdays and Sundays or, or, you know, whatever the stupid rules are. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Never worked, never worked. So we move up to Indiana. Then I don't have a job for the first six months I I live here. And then he's gone Monday through Friday. So now I day drink. Mm -hmm. And so that was great. Just wine all the time. Just Just wine all the time, watching Gossip Girl, you know, just staying inside my house. So you're Uh, alone. You're drinking
1: alone during
0: Oh, yes. I always drink alone. (laughs) Because my husband, he would never even, like, partake. Like, he's the type of person that would come home from work and he doesn't crack a beer. (laughs) He's completely just, you know, he will only really drink in a social setting. Me, I had no shame about drinking it alone. (laughs) I'm like, this is great. I'm turning on Gossip Girl. And by myself, I would make him go to bed so that he couldn't watch me. It was just like I isolated myself. It's mm. easier to hide that way. Yeah. And he couldn't judge me if he was in bed. Right. So then I get preggers with my twins. And I only have twins listeners out there. And so, of course, I'm like, well, this is going to fix my alcoholism. Because now now that I'm pregnant and I'm going to have kids, I can't drink anymore. Duh. (laughs) So I didn't drink through my pregnancy, which is fantastic. Um, Then I had them and my drinking was really, you know, I didn't really drink that much. And so I actually got really hammered at his 15 year, I think, 15 year high school reunion or something, 15, 20 years, whatever it is. And I got so hammered that I was blackout, destroyed my milk supply, fell into a window at his parents' house. I think my babies were like four months old. It was really bad. It was really, really, really bad. And I um, was the first time I got drunk after they were born. And that was super regretful of that. And then I, I think probably around the time that they were like, Seven months, I started doing, like, a weekly mom wine night by myself where I would watch shows and I would stay up until, like, midnight or, like, 11. And then it started inching to 12, 1. And then it started becoming just more than Wednesday. It would become Thursday, Mm -hmm. you know, Friday, Saturday. And then it just got worse and worse. And then it was like, okay, well, now they're two. And then I'm going to put them in a two's class at preschool. And then this is going to fi- fix my alcoholism because then I'll have to be sober enough where I can drive them in the morning. And it's like, okay, well, so basically you see a trend here, right? So none of those things worked because obviously it's not a situational thing. It's a me thing and nothing was ever going to change unless I change. Right. And so I finally had to get my shit together because my husband really doesn't like to make waves and he doesn't like to upset me. And he really just wants to see me happy at all times. But I had just gotten to the point where it wasn't acceptable anymore. And I never put my kids in danger outwardly. Like I never took them drinking and driving. I never took them anywhere drunk. Like I never lost them in a grocery store. I never did all these things. Like I stayed home. I was a home drinker. I didn't drink during the day. I didn't, I waited until that five o'clock mark when I knew my husband was getting home. I literally would sit and feel like shit the entire day and wait until just waiting. And I would even, if I felt that sick that day, I would even get alcohol delivered. So I mean, my world, my like my thoughts all day would just isolate like and just rotate around how am I gonna get my alcohol today. And then if I had a, and I was a binge drinker. So some mm-hmm. days I wouldn't even drink, you know, I would feel so bad that I would take a day off and then I would reward myself. Cause I'm like, man, I did so good not drinking <laughs> today. I did so good not drinking today. I did so many things. I went to the grocery store. I did this, I did that. Mm-hmm. And I did that, that I would reward myself then by getting so fucked up. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, who thinks like that? I would literally watch TV and watch people on TV just, like, come home and get in their cozies and watch TV and not drink. And I'd be like, how, you character on TV? (laughs) How do you not drink? And I'm like, they're not even real people. But I just could not understand how people could not drink. And it's just my brain was so warped because I don't think that I had had a normal relationship with alcohol since I was –
1: From day one. Yeah.
0: From day one.
1: Yeah.
0: And so Brian started audibly talking about his disapproval, which really meant a lot because he never did that before. So I started making kind of empty promises like, okay, well, we're taking this trip to Dominican Republic. That's going to be my last hurrah. We're going with my friend's And it's going to be great. We went with my friends, um, Amanda and her husband, Ryan. They're our good buddies from Florida. And we went and I had a really like catastrophic drunken injury there where basically I broke my arm, Hmm. but I didn't get it fixed while we were there because I didn't want to ruin my good time. (laughs) And it was, and it was my second day in. And I decided to forego food that day for alcohol because I didn't want to ruin my buzz mm-hmm. and I fell really bad and I, um, I broke my arm. And I didn't go and get medical help because I didn't want to ruin my trip. So instead, I wanted to continue partying. So I chose to not treat my broken arm so that I could continue to drink. So. <laughs> I get back and, um, I'm, you know, I totally try to just curtail the fact that I discussed with my husband that I would no longer drink when we got back from this trip and I'm babying my children with a injured arm. Again, I don't want to get treatment because I'm like, well, then I'll have to address the fact that I fell cause I was hammered. And then, so you're I'm- literally
1: walking around with a broken arm.
0: I had a a piece of my elbow broken. Okay. And I didn't know this, but I had a bruise the size of, I don't know. um, I could barely bend my arm in a bruise bigger than like a, a water can, like a soda can. It was bigger than that. Literally black and blue. I don't even know how to explain it to you. It was massive. And so I was taking care of two babies because at the time... They were, I don't know two, one I don't I, two. there I think there were two. And then so I got super hammered, probably about two months later in my house, I had housed two bottles of wine and then I started drinking vodka. And then I was like blackout and I fell in my kitchen. And I was drinking by myself. and so I lied to Brian but i had hurt my arm so bad that i literally couldn't move it and it was 2 days before thanksgiving and so i went to the walk-in clinic the next day cuz it was like seriously really really bad and by the time i got to ortho they were like yeah um this is definitely broken but it doesn't look like a fresh break so i had basically re-reinjured my broken arm mm-hmm my broken radial head in my elbow
1: (laughs) from I don't know what that is but it sounds painful in my
0: elbow from Dominican Republic so the alcoholic and I'm like do I need to have surgery and he's like no I think this is going to heal on its own but you need to be careful blah 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 so the alcoholic in me was like well I need to celebrate this and then that's when I went at home and I started drinking and my husband's like, okay, all right, this is not, you know, I was celebrating the fact that I didn't have to get surgery on my drunken injury
1: as <laughs> by one drinking does,
0: as right? one does. And it's like, what? I mean, then it really was like, okay, lady, like, where is this going? You're literally breaking bones now. Mm-hmm where would it have gone like seriously where would it have gone death Death. probably Yeah. yeah absolutely i would have been turning yellow in no time i'm sure of it so i crazily enough this girl i've never met before i saw her on facebook she was one of my friends from high school's wife and I was only friends with her on Facebook because she was selling some cars. Um, She has boys and she's selling some cars and I was following her on Facebook marketplace. And she posted up that she had been sober for, I think at the time, seven years. And I was like, well, people don't just post up that they're sober unless they have a problem. Right. People that don't just not drink, don't just like post up, Hey, I just don't drink for no reason. You know, (laughs) (laughs) it's not normal. And so I reached out to her and I was like, Hey, I'm pretty sure I have a drinking problem and I don't know what to do. And so she said, well, I go to this Wednesday night meeting and I would be more than happy to go with you. And I was like, well, I need two weeks because who's going to be like, I need to go tomorrow.
1: Right. No one.
0: So I told my husband, I said, his name is Brian, by the way. Um, I said, I need two weeks. I'm going to be shit based for two weeks and I'm going to smoke a lot of cigarettes and i literally mour- mourned the loss of alcohol mm-hmm. for like 2 weeks and i would like stand out on my porch and like just like literally mourn the loss of alcohol mm-hmm. like cry think about how my life was over think about how it's not going to be any better wonder what life was going to be like
1: you know just like yeah. i guess you really can't see in that moment you can't see no.
0: The good. No. And, um, and then I went absolutely terrified to an AA beating. And I have not drank since that day. Wow. I'm and- so proud of you. Thank you. And I did AA for my first year, pandemic hit. And then I kind of fell off the AA wagon. And I decided AA wasn't for me any longer. And that's okay. Um, I think some I think it's a great starting point if you're really lost. Mm-hmm. I think that it has wonderful tools. I think it really helped the steps, honestly, I feel are beneficial to any human.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: They really helped real helped me realize a lot about myself. It was really good therapy in some aspects. Um so if you are really, really lost and you don't know where to start, I think AA is a really wonderful place to really get your feet wet and it's not scary it's not a whole bunch of bridge dwellers it's not you know so many people think that they are not going to have people that look like them there or it's a certain kind of demographic or if it's it's not it's not just that I was so scared for that reason and it's it's totally a stereotypical thing yes yes there are all sorts of people at AA, all walks of life, all different races, uh, um, you know, sexual orientations, religious, you know, I, I mean, I don't even know how to explain it, but there's all types and there's all different kinds of meetings. So if you don't want to go to a meeting with men, look for women's meetings. Mm-hmm. Um, there's even probably meetings for LGBTQ, there's just, just if you're interested, there are options. So I'm just saying as a person that doesn't go anymore, it's a great starting point. So I will never knock it. But if you really need to, you're very lost and you're not going to treatment and you need a starting point, AA is a great starting point. So anyway, I will be sober for four years, December 11th. Yay. Yay. And we'll actually be in New York. Did you know that? We'll be in New York when that, that happens. That is fabulous. I love that. Yes. It's going to be awesome. And my life has changed so much to the point that I have my mantra. I have two mantras. Living is is greater than existing because all I really was was existing.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I used to buy my clothes like two sizes bigger than what I was because I just wanted to hide Mm -hmm. and I hid in my house. I hid in my clothing. I, I truly couldn't even tell you who I was because I only knew myself as Angie, the drinker, and I didn't even know what my interests were. I really didn't. Yeah. And I've learned so much about myself and I have friends. I couldn't, I don't even think I really had friends Honestly, I just, because I would cancel, I would cancel everything. I would, you know, I I don't know. I was just weird. I was just freaking weird. And I had one best friend at that. She's still my best friend, but we had started making a connection when I was about, I don't know, two years before I got sober and, and, you know, I had hidden it from her, but other than that, I had zero friends maybe two. I don't know. Now I'm, now I'm digging myself into a hole. So anyway, let's just, let's just nip it there. But anyway, I would not change it for the world. Sobriety has given me everything. And now Mm -hmm. it's like, I just keep running at every opportunity that I have. And then every time I tell my husband, I think I'm going to do this now. Do you think that's weird? Does that surprise you? He's like, literally nothing surprises me about you anymore. Like I just don't even, because before I was terrified to do anything. I was terrified of everything and now I'm like what's next it really is like waking up yes I just can't wait every day I mean you're you're here on this planet one time to live and it's just like what are you
1: gonna do with it you know what's your second mantra you said your first was
0: oh everything happens for a reason okay Which I know is a hot topic because some people really don't believe that. But I really mean that in the best way. Like, I'm not saying, like, your grandpa died because everything happens for a reason. I mean, like, the shit happens for everything happens for a reason. Do you know what I mean? I do. Like, I'm not saying, like, because I do see sometimes things pop up where the really bad, bad stuff, I get that. But... You know, everything happens for a reason. Like I went to that indie sober slumber party and, you know, you were there. And ever since I first got sober, I've felt, uh, I felt like I needed to help people get sober or help them get connected. Maybe not necessarily sober, but alcohol free. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I've felt that since day one. And I think that's because I want to pay it forward because of Shauna you know, and it's just this thing that I felt drawn to. And it's like, as soon as I met you, I'm like, I think it kind of clicked. It, it pieced it together. It was four years in the making, but here it is, you know, everything always will come together. And I think that's just what's important is everything. You may not see it at first, but there's, there's a line and it's going to come full circle eventually.
1: So. Yeah. And I think all of our experiences lead us to where we are now and we, mm-hmm. it's not easy. And I think there's sometimes a lot of shame, um, but I yes. think that's why it's important to share our story so that we can articulate it and own it and then move yes. on. You don't have to stay in the shame. No, absolutely.
0: And like I said, I choose to recover out loud so that others don't suffer in silence. So yeah.
1: Yeah. So, and I think the instinct to help is, is kind of baked into AA. I think that's one of its really core values to people is that in helping others, you help yourself. So yes,
0: service is a when big part I, of yeah, AA. Yeah.
1: Yeah. When I got sober and I had some, some time behind me and I had some confidence in my new life, then I immediately wanted to help others feel it yes. too. It's the urge to give back is real and it's powerful and it's, it's good for you and for the person that you help it's everybody wins.
0: Absolutely. And it helps you to keep it. Stay sober too. Yes. Absolutely. You, yeah. I love it. So yeah, I'm so glad we're doing this, Lori. I think it,
1: it, it makes me happy. It fills my cup. So yeah. yes. And I just hope, you know, in my early days, all I had was podcasts to listen to. And, and there are a few that really gave me hope. And I hope that we do that for somebody. I hope somebody listens and says, I can do this. And it's not going to be the end. It's only going to be the beginning. And I'm going to find more happiness than I ever found drunk. Yes. That's that's what I hope people understand.
0: Yes. There is life after booze. I promise.
1: There's life and it's so much better.
0: Yes. It's true. Yes. There is. All right. Well, I hope you guys stay tuned for the next episode and we will see you soon. Or talk to you you. soon. All right, thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.